The following is a presentation of the Boston Podcast Network. Podcasting is a great way for professionals to tell their story. Find out how you can get started at pod617.com. Very active starting a business. It takes a lot of gumption. I really want to dig in deep, figure out what makes these people tick, how they are leveraging their success to make the rest of the world a better place. You know, maybe have a couple of giggles along the way. From the Pod 617 studios in Westwood, Massachusetts, it's the Kilroy Report, the podcast that shares the stories of entrepreneurs and agency owners doing extraordinary things in an ordinary world. Now here's your host, Tim Kilroy. Hey everybody, it's Tim and welcome to the Kilroy Report where we talk about ordinary people developing extraordinary businesses and completely ordinary or in the case of the last two years completely unordinary times. And I am so excited today to be here with Chris Vidot, who is the founder of Sheets Laundry Club. And I'll tell you, my family has been a subscriber to Sheets Laundry Club for two years, three years, for a long time. And this this podcast came about because when our latest shipment showed up on it, written in Sharpie, it said, it said, you rock, Julia, handwritten. And Julia is my wife. And and she was like, oh, isn't that nice? And I just thought like, wow, that is awesome. Like the fact that Sheets, who, who's, who's shipping all this stuff out, takes even like 15 seconds to write that was just sort of an extraordinary touch of humanity in marketing. Because in the world of marketing in which I live, we're always talking about algorithms and ideal ideal personas and all that sort of stuff. And Sheets was thinking, about my wife. Huh, and I huh. think my wife is awesome. So I'm glad that you're thinking about her too. So anyways, Chris, I'm so glad you're here. Thank yeah, you. Thanks, thanks, Tim, for having me. And, and yes, we think Julia is awesome. And we appreciate you guys subscribing to Sheets and uh, being part of a small team and, and helping us make a, a, a small impact and a massive problem. So so give us the, the, the backstory of how Sheets showed up. And by the way, for people who don't know, Sheets are is this amazing laundry detergent that comes in little sheets. It's dehydrated laundry detergent. So there, and it comes in fully recycled, I think, cardboard packaging that can be recycled. And so there's no plastic waste. There's no, there's no mess. You don't ever have to pour anything and you don't waste, you know, detergent. It's just like simple and clean. And for those of us like me that have very delicate reactionary skin, it's completely, it's like, I have a very hard time Many laundry detergents bother me, but not sheets. It's so awesome. It is super kind to those of us who have skins, skin who are like overreactive babies. So Yeah, absolutely. It's it's very hypoallergenic. And we took out that laundry list of synthetic chemicals that's inexpensive to produce, but ultimately not, not great for the body. Kind of the, the backstory on sheets. So it goes way back probably to 2008, 2009, not not necessarily in, in the concept of sheets, but but how it started. I spent 20 years in the U.S. Army flying Black Hawk helicopters, saw trash all over the world, debris all over the world. The biggest eye-opener for me was when I was in Iraq in 2007, 2008, a war-torn country. The military bases, as well as a lot of the big cities, were burning trash. As a helicopter pilot, I was flying in the black smoke and hazes that was above the skies for a year straight. We used to joke over there that, and it's it's sad to joke about it now, but we used to joke, man, we're all going to go back and have lung cancer. Unfortunately, millions. Right. Yeah, yeah. And, and 4 million veterans today plus are, are suffering from the burn pits over in Iraq and Afghanistan. And I did get permanent lung damage from 
being overseas. They, they believe, as, as we did further testing, a lot of it was the dioxins found in the plastic that was burning. So my wife and I, in probably 2010, after this, this really came to fruition, and we kind of learned a little bit more about it, became more aware of the plastic crisis. We, we, we became a single-use free plastic home as much as possible. So that, that kind of started in 2010. I retired in 2016, was disabled due to some back, back issues, lung issues. Flying really wasn't an option for me anymore. So I had 20 years experience being a pilot and now all of a sudden I'm getting out of the military and I don't necessarily have a profession that, that I could jump right into. So my wife is an artist. We opened a paint and sip studio in Mooresville, North Carolina. We moved from Colorado to North Carolina. I had some friends that were in NASCAR. I kind of took a, a little part-time marketing gig with a NASCAR team, and, and we opened this paint studio. Mind you, I had no marketing background. It was just a, a friend that owned a team and said, hey, come help me out. Um, so we did that. We ran the studio for about four years, and we learned a lot about business in general and the aspect of I couldn't afford to hire a CPA. I couldn't afford So I learned QuickBooks. I learned how... Merchant processing. I just learned the basic 101 of of how to run a business, and and we did it successfully for four years. But we worked more hours than I did in the military. You know, it was a seven day a week business. One of us was always at work. You never really had the budget to just hire a full time manager to run it, so we could do stuff. And you never uh, get to shoot at anybody. You don't. You don't. It, no. Like, you, like, you don't. Customers, you, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's it, it's not that that's definitely not a key to success in today's market. I suppose it depends on what business you're in, but yeah, that's, yeah, that's that's very true. Definitely not in the laundry space, right? So, so we, we you know we were running that for about four years, and and we were both very burned out with it, just because we really we were single parents. One of us was always at work, yeah. Um, yeah. So one's at t-ball, one's at home, one's at base. So we did our four years, and kind of the last year through that, I had signed up to be a, a t-ball coach for my son. I think at the time he was five. Yep. And I, my assistant coach that I met then, we, we, we really clicked Chris Campbell, who co-founded this with me, and he had an extensive background in e-com. So we really connected. He had an interest in, in racing and I knew some people in racing, some NASCAR drivers. I said, well, I'm going to, going to a race tomorrow. Why don't you come with me? I'll sit up, we'll sit on the pit box and watch a race. And we really got to, to know each other in that, in that two hour car ride. Yeah. And he said, I'm looking for the next dollar shave club. That's kind of where I want to go. And I was he was joking. He said, you come up with the next idea and I'll help you start it. So I, I took it a little serious and said, man, I'm burned out. I don't really know what I want to do next. I don't want to stock shelves at Lowe's. So I, kind of everything I touched in my house for, for 30 days, I said, man, is there a subscription service for this? Whether it was a fork, a napkin, toilet paper. And it, it took me a month because I don't do a lot of laundry. God bless my wife. She does it. And I, I picked up the laundry detergent and I started looking and I said, well, nobody's really doing a subscription box for laundry detergent. So we talked about it and he said, well, it's heavy to ship liquid. It's probably hard to be competitive. I said, well, I was in Korea in, in 99 and 2000. We had these little laundry slash dryer sheets. They were all in one. You just throw them in the wash and the dryer sheet transfers over. Um, I said, but they sucked. They, I had no money in Korea, but I still bought laundry detergent because the ones they gave you weren't great. But I did a, I did a lot of due diligence and, and learned a lot about it. And there's been a lot of movement in that space since then. So we, we found Kimberly Clark actually owned a patent on a dissolvable laundry detergent sheet. So that kind of put the brakes on any investor at that point. Long story short, we were able to get an exclusivity agreement on, on the, the patent for this product, which came oh, with, with a, yeah, which came with a formulation. So we took that formulation to some manufacturers and went about eight or nine of them and, and, and tested and tweaked and, and moved things around for six to eight months. 
kind of found a few that worked. We sent them to a laboratory in Ohio that does laundry testing. So these these laundry sheets went in and we got the reports on what was working the best, was what wasn't working. And once we were happy that we had a laundry detergent sheet that was cleaning well, healthy and comparable, that was kind of the green light to move forward. And the initial thought was was just a laundry detergent sheet. And then we we really had a powwow and said, look, I don't I, I think a lot of companies build a they they market a product. But I want to build a brand. I and mean, you can't build a brand on one. So let's let's walk. We went down to Walmart, grabbed a shopping cart and I said, let's grab every product off this shelf and let's figure out how to repack it in a plastic free packaging. And we'll go to market when we can offer a variety of products that are all would be an alternative to the the, the, the plastic free option. And that was it. So we just, we spent about a year and a half doing a lot of R&D and started in a garage. Fingers crossed that it would make something of it. And here we are today. Right. And, and like other people on the internet, you clearly went from no sales to all the sales in like four months. And now you drive a Lamborghini, right? Well, no, no. I, I Oh, interesting. Weird. Okay. I, I'm married. We know that's not I thought that's the way it's supposed to go. Yeah. Yeah. They, and Oh man, I tell you, that's, that's, that's what everybody dreams for. We're, we're nowhere near a Lamborghini and I'll never be because I'm married, but that's all right. And you have kids and they don't, they, they don't come with a, uh, a four seater or maybe, yeah. I don't know. I have five kids. So I have like cars or, or buses for us. Yes, absolutely. I've got one. Uh, I've got a daughter. She's already out, moved out and got a, got a career, but my, my son is one, but Lamborghini's really not, not in my, my wheelhouse of things to get right now. It's just yeah. continuing to, to grow the business and, and make an impact. Our goal is to turn the tide on on the way these other businesses are doing it. We know if we grow this big enough that we can force change within an industry. Right. Uh, and that was not a slam on tide detergent. Except no, no, but it should have been. Yeah. 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 I mean, you can, you can take the pun however you want, but it's definitely something that, that we, we believe in here. It's not just, again, we're not just selling a product, trying to, to, to generate revenue. We're trying to build a brand and force change within an industry. That's no different than what the dollar shave club did. Products are overpriced and margins yep. are high. And that's, that's the goal. If we can, if, and ultimately if I can enforce or push Procter and Gamble to make a change, um, is it necessarily good for my business? No, but is it good for, for the mission of which we're trying to attain? Absolutely. Right. And, uh, and also if Procter and Gamble gets in your, into your business, mm-hmm. it doesn't, like it's, it's not necessarily a zero sum game. Mm. Competition is validation. Yes. Agreed. Right. Agreed. And also since you've got the exclusive on that, that, that patent. Correct. They, they'd have to, they'd, they'd have to work with you, not against you. Yeah. Yeah. I, and it is. And the patents are is as good as the, the amount of money you have and the chemists you have to, to make it work <laughs> around. Absolutely. Um, but, but it, it definitely, it helps. There's, there's a lot of competition that's come out in the last two years. They've seen the growth. We're working hard with our legal team to, to really smack the top three of those down here in the next few months. So let's, let's jump into that for just a second. Mm-hmm. So that is something that most business owners don't have to face. Right. Sort of copyright and an IP protection. And it it really totally does seem like a game that is rigged towards the the people who can afford the most lawyers. Sure. And so how does a smaller company like you fight potentially big folks? I mean, there's like there's not a lot for you to win right. by enforcing your IP other than you the if you defend it vigorously, you get to continue to enforce your IP. Yeah. 
Yeah, there, there's a few avenues, and you're absolutely right. We're we're not. I'm not taking on Procter and Gamble. There's there's no way I'm, I'm taking on Procter and Gamble. The companies we're looking at are companies that have have learned what we're doing, and they're running overseas and getting product made, and they're selling just just a box of laundry sheets. And these smaller companies know there's a patent, and again, patents. People will push them all day long, so we'll push the smaller companies. But the the best way is a lot of these companies are are selling on Amazon today. Amazon's got a great program for intellectual property enforcement, so it doesn't require an arm and a leg to do it. You have to do your due diligence on the on the legal side and your lab testing. But once you provide that documentation, Amazon's pretty much lights out with these competitors, and they'll they'll turn their listing off at the click of a hat once. Right, and and with fifty with fifty nine percent of of e-commerce transactions happening through Amazon, that, mm-hmm. that that's shutting off a significant market. Yeah. So so tell me, what without without telling any uh, any secrets, how do you feel about Amazon since you're building a brand? I, I mean, is your like your bread and butter has got to be like that connection you have with with my wife because yeah because she she loves your product. And she shares your product and she, by extension, she loves you. And I'm not jealous about that at all. But, but, but Amazon, even though they do subscription, they provide you with a bunch of revenue. They don't give you that direct relationship. Yeah. You, you don't get the direct relationship. You're absolutely right. Not every box is hand signed for Amazon. So a lot of things we've seen is, is we're, Unfortunately, on Amazon, you have to charge a little more than you do in your e-com site because Amazon fees. You have to be profitable, obviously. We all know that in order to keep a business going. So it costs more. So we see a lot of consumers coming from Amazon after learning about the product, trying yep. it, coming direct to our site. So we're able to get them that way. We use third-party assets that do allow us to email our Amazon customers. So we're able to stay in touch with them, send them a welcome email, a follow-up email, how to use the product email. We can edit those emails. So we do communicate with our customers through Amazon. Right. It's it, right. it's, a, it's a little more of an intense process than just going into Clavio and, and shooting out sure. an email or a direct email. But we do communicate with them. We let them know we're thinking about. It. So again, yeah, it's in order to build a brand, you got to have capital, right? So yeah. capital is is the key to to any business. So Amazon it really allows us to continue to build capital to do things within our space to grow this brand. We're going into a lot of retail locations starting next month. We're going to be in every Harris Teeter in America. We'll be in Meyer starting in September, August, September. So we'll be all through the Midwest. We're looking at some other large retailers up north throughout the year. So we're we're building that brand and, and that's where we're getting in front of of these places that that others are not. Again, they're selling a product, we're selling a, a brand. And we're doing a lot of things with inside sheets that are meaningful. Like we're we're starting a thing called Loads for Life. We're going to have a 46-foot trailer uh, built out that's got eight washers and dryers and three hot showers in it. Yeah, we'll be traveling homeless communities throughout the U.S., as well as natural disaster areas and just providing free laundry services and helping restore dignity. And, and that's all part of doing right by yourself, yep. by your by your company, but it's also part of building a brand. I think it's important for consumers to realize that their spend is going to somebody other than a CEO's pocket. And, and too many corporations today are focused on on just gross sales and, and net profit. Yeah, absolutely. And, and we're, we're giving back and, and trying because I joke like the, the title CEO uh, of running the company chief executive officer, I like to use it as kind of a customer's executive officer because your customers are first and foremost in your business. And if you don't treat them, like I think your mom probably told you this, you treat people how you want to be treated. And I think that really resonates. So I went, so whenever I meet anybody, I wag my finger at them and say, stop it, Timmy. But right. <laughs> 
Right. That's true. But we, we treat every customer like their family, not like they're a number. Yeah. Uh, and that's kind of where it was my wife's idea. She works here full time as well. And she said, man, we ought to start signing these boxes. I mean, we actually did it about a year ago and then we were just a short staffed order started picking up and I was like, man, yeah. I don't have enough guys to do this. And I, I finally said, look, we've got to, we've got to figure out how to do it. If we've got to hire somebody and this is their job to sign boxes or because it, it, it does make a difference. And there's a phase where everybody likes swag in an order, right? Free stuff is cool, and especially in a subscription box. And let's be real, we're in a laundry subscription box. It's not an exciting beer of the month club where you're excited to open it and see your 12 craft beers. So so swag is, is limited on what you can give and then the excitement level. Like if you're getting a stain stick, a free stain stick, it's not as exciting as getting a free extra beer in your, in your sure. box. Right. So we try to put personal touches that the consumer knows that we appreciate them. And that's why we do it. We'll continue to do that. We do swag at times as well, but it doesn't cost you anything to, to just come back to your consumer and let them know you care about them. But those, those little posts like you did go viral on social media. People share them, tag them. They appreciate it. And it's just a, a little thought that, Hey, we're, we're thinking about you. Yeah. And, and, and really in a, a, a sort of an impersonal world. A personal touch is delightful. Yes. It's, really, Absolutely. it's so unexpected. Actually, I just saw a, it might've been a Gartner. I, I can't remember. It was some, some large research firm who basically said that website personalization doesn't really work at all. Mm-hmm. It, it like, it has no impact overall on, on performance. And, and so I think, so I think that website personal, if website personalization doesn't work, you know, you've got to find some other way to really connect with your customer. Right. Because it's a noisy world out there and you aren't going to remember that, you know, that when, when my wife goes to Sheets to adjust the order quantities, that it says, hi, Julia, she's not going to remember that, but she will right. remember the fact that you wrote on the box. And by the way, the penmanship on the box, excellent. Or not I, I, I must not have written it then. It, it was it was someone else. I do try to get back there at least once a week for an hour and, and get back there with the guys and, and sign out a couple hundred boxes. So you'll know, you'll know if I sign it, it's, we've actually had to repackage a few boxes because my penmanship's <laughs> so bad, but, but I think, yeah, and that's it. There's, there's not an area in this business. I'm not versed in. I'm not a business guy. I didn't go to business school, but I know how to do every facet of this business. I wouldn't say I'm an expert in all of them. But I think staying connected with the fulfillment team, the customer service team, the HR team, all the C-levels, we stay connected. We have meetings. We talk about it. And you're, you're as good as your weakest guy. So I don't want to, we create a culture that's much different here than corporate businesses. We do a lot of external activities. They, they're all going to Top Golf next week with us for a, a, a work outing. So it's just, it's treating the staff just like your customers. And that's been successful. I have the same crew that we've had for the last three years. We have more, but but I don't have... I haven't had to fire people if that makes makes yeah, sense. Yeah, no, that's which which frankly in in businesses that have to run super efficiently, having having low employee churn is remarkable. And also, I mean, you're very smart to do that because there's nothing that's as inefficient as a new employee. Yep, it's expensive. Reframe. Yep, absolutely. From Indeed all the way to the the two weeks of training to find out they don't like it, and then you're on to the next. Right. And then, because then that position can be underperforming for six to 12 months because yep. you can find the right fit. Absolutely. Uh, so, so what has been, I mean, so thinking about your experience in the army, so clearly you were, you were good in, at, at some level at sort of 
processes and you are, are, are good at sort of organization and sort of contingency planning, because those are, are general, general things that, that get taught. But what are the things that you learned about that you did not anticipate? You know, that things were like, wow, that is a huge, that's a, that's a huge eye opener. Yeah, there, there's a lot. I, I, again, I'm not a chemist. I didn't have a laundry background. Um, but I, I would say for me, and not so much my, but Chris Campbell, who helped me help me start this, he's not active in the business, but it was just the e-com space. I, I, I other than Facebook and, and checking email and doing yep. Word, Microsoft Word documents, I didn't have a big e-com background. So just the, in a subscription service, we started out on a WooCommerce platform. We didn't know if this was going to be successful. Again, we were in a garage and it took off like wildfire, thank, thank God. But the WooCommerce platform wouldn't handle the, the subscription right. that we were, we were attaining. So for me, the biggest one was, was getting on a platform that you can afford. We've had three migrations since we started and, and building something that everybody can understand and, and understand how to use. And that's, that's kind of in your, your subscription platform. That's been the, the biggest challenge when you've got well over 40,000 people on your site. Not everybody understands how to change the frequency, how to do this, how to log in. So we've constantly tried to simplify it. I'm a big believer of if we can make it dummy proof in a sense, then, then I don't, I don't have to have 40 customer service agents. I, ha I have one that's managing over 40,000 customers and she's not doing it eight hours a day. She's doing other stuff too, because we don't, we don't have that much volume within customer service. Right. And, and simple is really hard. Simple is very hard and it's expensive. Right. Which is completely <laughs> counterintuitive. Yes. So what, what platform are you on now? We are on the front end's big commerce. We're using order group for the back end. We've just got that migration completed last August, worked through the kinks. We are doing a complete website makeover. So June 15th, it'll, it'll look from photography to functionality. We'll like action shots of people dropping sheets into their, into the laundry. Yeah. We'll actually have the, one of the cover, one of the cover will be a 3d motion similar. If you've ever been to bite toothpaste, they have a phenomenal website. I, ha I haven't been, but okay. You have to check them out, especially their sustainability page. It's, it's phenomenal. So we're building one where you'll actually see the laundry sheet box will naturally open a sheet will fall out and then it'll kind of fall down into the wind and fall into a washing machine. The door will close and it'll turn on, but we'll have a lot of captions that'll come up as that's going. Cool. And I think that comes back to your point that people don't appreciate what's on your website. You can put a message on there all day long. They don't read it. That comes back from a product that we're selling that 99% of the American public still don't understand what it is. Right. So you can write what it is all day long. So we're going from the writing to this is what it is with visual which, images on how. It right. Which, which if you, if you think about the building of a brand, people ingest information differently. Correct. So if you're only, if you're only a text brand, it's hard for people who are visual thinkers and learners. And if, and if, and if you were always sort of technical, you, you, you lose out on the people who, who respond emotionally. And yeah. so, and I, and I think I, the, the world of sustainability is so, is so technical mm -hmm. and, and the things the, 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 the products or the, 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 the things you chose not to put into your product, nobody knows that those, that they have those in their house already. Right. And so, so I think it's, it's, it's a real challenge to show somebody that this is as good as the thing that you've always used or better. Mm -hmm. 
without all that stuff because nobody like nobody's trying nobody knows that they have that stuff so it's hard to know that they should be avoiding it yeah you're you're absolutely right and i mean to put it plainly you're wearing your laundry detergent 24 7 it does it, no, no matter what you're doing not everything rinses yeah. out completely right. and you're whether you're laying in your bed sheets whether you're wearing your t-shirt when you're sweating it's entering your pores uh, and unfortunately, laundry industry, the synthetic chemicals, they're buying billions of dollars at them to, to make their products every year. So their their margins are, are extremely high. Our margins are nowhere near, I'm sure, what, what Procter & Gamble and Henkel's are. But we've, again, eliminated. And the reason they're not as high is because we're buying more sustainable, more healthy raw materials for our products. And they're not nobody's buying billions and billions of dollars of these. So the prices haven't been driven down. So, and that's the green space in general. That's people always ask, why do you have to be more expensive? And typically in any kind of green product, they're 20%, 50% more. Yeah. And, and we're not, we're competitive. We're cost per load, we're a little bit cheaper than, so we've been able to figure that out by providing a healthy product. And I think that's that's the key to success is you, you nailed it, is providing products that work at a price point that, that doesn't damage the wallet. And ultimately for us, it's it doesn't require a lifestyle change too. I think we've all brought a product where you're like, man, I got to read the directions on how to even do this. Yep, absolutely. And, and it's too much work. Yep. So. Pizza's pretty simple. You put one in the. Yeah. You drop one in and hit on. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's it. It's very simple. And and that that was, I, I think all of these came down to the the table when we started this is there's so many products out there that they're just so hard to use or you've got to redo your whole house. And for us, it's it's lightweight. It's mess free. It's easy to use. So it's 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 been great. I'm excited. We did go on Shark Tank, which gave us a huge boost in yep. not only sales, but brand recognition, helping build a brand. Got to know Daniel Lebeski really well. He's a phenomenal gentleman. And he's really just, we we really follow his his values of, of do the do the kind thing. We've we believed that long before and, and it, it still resonates with us today. That's, that's, that's exciting. So how do you think about acquiring your next bazillion customers? So there, there's a, a multitude of ways. We've gotten a lot of earned media, which is, has been huge for us. And we're yeah. continuing to get, you can't put a price on earned media. Word of mouth is is phenomenal, but we're doing, influencers obviously are, are huge right now, user-generated content. We still see the biggest return through Facebook and Instagram. We've, we've, so, sorry, my dog is in here snorting. My dog is, he's actually sleeping between my legs. And if I move too much, he's going to, he's going to get angry. Yeah. Yeah, Mike comes to work with me every day. He, he's he's my little buddy. But yeah, user user generated com content through through social media is, is still the best bang for the buck. As we go into retail, we're we're doing a lot of influencers, just kind of helping promote the brand and educating for retail. But we're also doing radio with influencers that are that are very well known VJs. So it, just getting the word out, we've done some some local TV commercials okay, well, success with that. Yeah, so we'll have Ryan Seacrest talking about sheets. No, I, no, I, I don't know if we'll be there. We'll have, we're working with some, some members of the Bobby Bones show though. That's um, cool. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. That's so exciting. yeah, just, and, it, and again, it's finding people that are passionate about the product. I, I, I struggle personally with influencers because to me, it's not always real. You're, you're getting paid to, to brand a product that you knew nothing about until somebody said, Hey, I'll give you X, Y, and Z to, to talk about it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So so we we go a lot different about it we we really interview our influencers and and understand and make sure that they're already in the space we're in we send them samples we make sure that they like the product they're passionate about the product 
and that they want to build a brand with us. It's it's a long-term relationship. It's not just, here's $500, go throw an Instagram reel up for us. I, I, I agreed. And and we do, uh, in in my agency, Ecom Allies, we do influencer marketing. And we approach it very, very much the same way. Yep. Because the half-life of social media posting is so short mm-hmm. that you need to create a relationship with somebody to be able to effectively leverage their audience. Yes. Absolutely. I agreed. And, and that's it. And, and, and I'm more comfortable doing influencer marketing that way. I, I see too many companies out there that just, you look at, look at, maybe you look at somebody's influencer feed and they're talking about, let's just use coffee beans. And then five posts before they're talking about a different companies and it, but it's, they're, they're in the same space and there's no, there's no integrity behind that. So no, no loyalty, no value. It's it's just, a, but unfortunately, the the consumer doesn't always know. But that's just my personal belief: is if you do things right, good things will happen, and and that's what we've done, and it's continuing to to grow at a pretty massive level. And and do you guys handle all your marketing in house, or do you use outside resources? We don't. We did for the first year. We did all of our marketing in house, yep. and we now use a, an agency that's they're they're nationwide, based out of Los Angeles. For us, it, it's different, and we really had to understand. Um, our consumer base, it's females are our predominant consumer for laundry product. And we use a few marketing gentlemen. And we learned over time that the guys we were using could not resonate with the ladies that we were trying to bring into the product. So we yep. switched to a marketing agency that was predominantly female that was really in our space. Um, and we've seen a lot of success because they understand the product. They're they're in the space. They know how to. They they understand what women are looking for when it comes to to writing, the content, to the video, to the creation. Yeah. And and it's nothing knocking me. I mean, I was doing the marketing for a while, and I'm a guy, and I, I just couldn't talk to women the way they're used to receiving that information. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think I think there's there definitely is a there is a like a point of view issue mm. because men tend to be much more problem solution focused. Yeah. Uh, and, and often salesy. We're, we're driven. Well, to, like you got to pull up the finger guns. Totally. Yeah. Is that, yeah. that's like, that's the way you close all the deals, right? Right. And yeah, and, and, yeah, and it doesn't necessarily, it doesn't resonate. And, and we were struggling in the first year we were struggling. I had a guy that marketed for us, but he was very accustomed to kind of the, the churn and burn marketing style. It was just all about gaining subscribers and, and getting yeah. a $15 CPA. Um, then we looked at the analytical data and what he was doing was getting the, which any customer is a good customer, but he was getting the 60 plus demographic and most of them were single. And when you're in a subscription service selling laundry detergent and they're buying one box every 24 months, LTV is, yeah, yeah. You're, I have, I have five yeah. kids. That's how you Yes, absolutely. And, and again, it's, it's making an impact and you can't make an impact if you've got say a hundred thousand subscribers, but they're all getting one product every 24 months, right? it's, you're, you're never going to grow. So we, we really had to move away from that. And again, that's where you're back. The analytical data kind of proves where you're at and yeah. you, you make adjustments and you learn how to retarget the demographic that you're looking for. So I, I, I don't, I don't want to take, this is a great conversation. I don't want to take up all day, even though I would talk to you all day, hmm. but so what was the process for you since, since a lot of a lot of folks that, that listen to this podcast are, are agency folks. What was the process for you in like choosing a new agency? Because how can you trust anything that an agency says before they do the work? Sure. Very hard too. Cause like I said, we went through several and it, it 
it, they didn't work. So we went on Shark Tank. Daniel Lebetsky has a portfolio of companies that he owns, a, a large portfolio. So pre-Shark Tank, he was, f- well, so full, we, we got a deal with Daniel Lebetsky. We did a deal on Shark Tank with Daniel Lebetsky. So prior to the show airing, he provided his marketing agency to assist us with social as well as the PR and things like that. Yeah. Such a great team, a very responsive team. You know, I hadn't seen anything like that in two years on how great this team was. When we joke, we said, man, this, this guy, he's a, he's a multi-billionaire. And I said, so this is what a first-class marketing agency looks like. We're like, this is, this is the cream of the crop. We're looking up this, this lady's company and she's got hundreds of employees. We're like, this is phenomenal. But it was, it was kind of a three week before and a three week after deal that he provided for us yeah. because he wanted to make sure we were successful through that process. I said, it doesn't hurt to, to reach out to this company and just see what their services cost and maybe they can help us. So we had a long conversation with their CEO, Sabina. She loved what we were doing. She was supportive. And she said, Hey, any, any friend of Daniel's a friend of mine. So let's figure out a, a package that works for you and, and let's, let's grow this with you. And we've, it's, it's connect agency. That's who we're using. Yeah. And they, they've been phenomenal. The first thing she did, which, which I've never had a marketing agency do is she went through and, and did a, a full breakdown of everything from our, our Facebook, Instagram website. And she said, if you want me to market for you, we're going to fix all of this first because I can't get you a return on ad spend that you want because we have too many clicks here, your pixels on too many pages. So let's dial in, let's clean all of that up before you throw any money at any kind of marketing and we'll take it to the moon. So that's really, you know, what we're doing and no marketing agency for me before has ever done that. It's literally look at your product, look at your creative, sign a contract. Figure it out. And then figure it out and they're, they're running and testing. And this company took a complete approach and they just dug into all of our history and said, let's figure And in our competitions, I think we had a 90 page slide deck they presented to us and and 60 of more things that 60 of those pages were things that needed to be fixed. And she said, I'm not going to spend your money until you're willing to fix this first. Cause I can't make you any money with, with all these little problems that you have. So, and and so, uh, but it sounds to me like the the real magic is is that Connect Agency really understood you your business, right. right? They did the deep dive in your business, but also they had the right connection to your audience, right? Like they Correct. understood your audience. And so and so they were they they played this really important like translation part. They take your they take your product and your concept of brand and translate it effectively into something that that your audience will respond to and then because they went through and forced you to fix all your data collection issues and your conversion issues now they have a good feedback loop so that they can continue to push your brand forward yeah absolutely and and, and establish kpis on on moving forward we've got kpis that they'll meet but she said i can't meet any of the kpi KPIs you guys want with your current data collection. And and she believed in the brand. She believed in us. Like and yep. it was, it was different. So, so here's the deal. Like before we market for you, I need you, I'm going to give you 10 addresses. These are the people that are in social creatives, followers, me, everybody needs samples of your product, not just to test it. They have to like it. And if they don't like it, they're not going to write about it and they're not going to write good content about it. Yep. So we're going to send it to all 10 of these people. And if they're blown away, the content will be there. If I get five of them that say, eh, 
not for me. I wouldn't use it. She's like, then we're, we can't work together because I don't have a team that's going to be passionate about your product. So kind of set the product out, crossed our fingers and, and every one of them loved it. And they were just, they were blown away. And it obviously, once they've got hands on on your product, they can actually write about it. They understand right. it. And nobody, nobody for two years did that. Nobody said, send me product. Nobody said, do this. It's just sign the contract. We're going to create some Facebook ads. We're going to go get some influencers and start putting a marketing budget behind it. When it goes stale, we'll start the next one. That, that's, that, that's exciting. That's exciting. Yeah. And so it sounds like there's, there's big stuff happening. So you've got new website coming up June 15th. Mm. And, and uh, because you're in the army, that's totally going to launch on time, right? I'm pushing for it. I am pushing right, for because it. Because yeah. I think the next time a website launch goes exactly on, at, at, on the right date, that'll be the first time. Yep, I would agree with that. Yep. Just like our migration that was going to go in April happened in August. They both start with A. Yep, that's it. That's exactly what really somebody else said. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And and you're also you're also amping up your your give back to the community with you're getting the your, your loads for life. Yeah, loads for life outfitted. And in in my in my in my home city of Boston, there's. And we were like an enormously wealthy city and we have such a, 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 a sad and disappointing homeless, homeless issue. Um, mm -hmm. If, if you ever get your, your truck to Boston, I will, I will do everything that I can to, to help you point it in, in the right directions. Yeah, that's great. We'll definitely stay in touch. And we're working with some, some massive fortune 500 companies that are interested in partnering with us on this. Yep. And a lot of those, we plan to use our customer base to, we'll incentivize them as email, like, Hey, we're coming to, we're coming to Boston on X, Y, and Z dates. So if you want to come out and volunteer, we'll give you X, Y, and Z for a store credit to get a free t-shirt I and mean, you'll get to do good within your community. And I think from a marketing aspect, it's, it's not intended for marketing, but as, as an email blast of consumers understanding that their, their dollars are going to help. And that uh, they're part of something. Yep. They're part of something bigger. And, and I, I don't think enough companies are doing that anymore. I'm not saying there aren't companies doing it. There's plenty no, that are, but, but not enough are. Uh, agreed. Agreed. And then what, what, what's, what are the big goals? You know, what, what's, what's going to happen in five years to Sheets? Oh man. I'm, I, what's going to happen tomorrow is the real question. Well, no, nobody can know what's going to happen. Yeah. Like, yeah. I would imagine what's going to happen in five years. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're hoping to, to change an industry. We're setting up a, a manufacturing facility down in Augusta, Georgia, that's going to be phenomenal. We're already in a 22,000 square foot building. We've got all the equipment here. We've outgrown it. So we're setting one up down. We, we really hope to be in all 3,000 Kroger locations in the next 24 to 36 months. That's exciting. Uh, yeah. Whole Foods Publix is also on the list of, of places to go, really just to to change an industry. I mean, I, I hope we're talking in five years and as bad as it is for business. I hope that seventh generation and Procter and Gamble are getting on board with plastic free solutions. And I, I think it's cool to say a small startup out of a garage really changed away a $200 billion industry did business. They, they changed it for the better when they made positive change. And that's, that's the goal that we're, we're trying to achieve. And I think we can do it. I think there's enough demand out there for, for change. And whether you don't like change or not, you don't have to be against plastic to, to like something that's easier to carry up six flights of stairs and doesn't Absolutely. take up room. And doesn't so. it like your kids, when you force them to do the laundry, they never spill it all over the floor. Yep. My yep. nine-year-old does laundry and he's the only not fan of sheets. I'll tell you that uh, <laughs> because he has to do his laundry now. And well, sure. Yeah. 
I, but I, you didn't I, do it with liquid because he would dump the whole thing in the in the washing machine just to make a soap mess. And, and why not? Yeah, yeah. Now, now I'll throw ten sheets in there, but it doesn't work anymore. We figured out his 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 motive. Wait, because if you're out of sheets, he can't do any more laundry. No, he's just trying to make a complete mess of the washing machine with too much soap. But that's he's only done it once, and that's okay. just well. So you know what? You should tell him if he puts a little bit of liquid dishwashing detergent in the dishwasher, mm-hmm. that'll send suds all over the... Yeah, I, the, so. I, I don't need to tell him that. He's a phenomenal kid, but he'll try it just out of curiosity. Sure. Here is George. And... A- absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I, my, my, my twins yesterday decided to see if watermelon float. And so I looked out of my window and there were two watermelons in our pool. Oh, very nice. Yeah. And they float. They they do. However, when you after you've eaten them and it's just the it's just the the rinds the rinds do not float. In case you were wondering. Okay. Well, good to know. I won't try it, but I learn something new every day. Yes, yeah, so and that's that's what I did this morning right after breakfast. Is I cleaned rinds, uh, watermelon rinds out of our pool. But very fun. Very fun. Yeah. Totally. Totally. Yeah. Awesome. Well, good times. Well, Chris, this has been just a a terrific conversation, and I'm really thankful for your time because I really do think the the world of your company, and I'm pretty sure it's my wife's mission to tell everybody who will listen about uh, about sheets because it's just a it's like a great product. Thank you and very a, much, and it's a great and it's such an easy way to make a a change. Like it, Correct. it's completely painless. No life. You don't have to learn anything new. You don't have to do anything differently. And it's actually so much more convenient than than buying than than buying laundry detergent at the store. I agree. I agree. And I, I appreciate the kind words, the support of you and your wife. I appreciate you being a customer. I'm glad we got a chance to meet and connect. I wish I could do that with every customer on a personal level, but it is it's definitely nice to to get to chat to some. Well, I, I can imagine your your schedule would be pretty full. It's busy. It's much busier than it was three years ago. Well, uh, I think tomorrow I'm talking to a school up in Michigan doing a Zoom with an entire school who's doing a sustainability project. That is awesome. Yeah, yeah. So it's just talking about sustainability and how we're making an impact and hoping to just educate others on the plastic crisis through 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 change. That's great. All right, everybody, go check out Sheets Laundry Club. Please invest your dollars in a place that's making a difference, not only for their customers but for the world cool i appreciate it tim thank you again thanks chris take care all right you too bye-bye hey it's tim thanks for tuning into the kilroy report your support means a lot if you liked this episode hated this episode whatever please leave your feedback at apple Podcasts, stitcher or wherever you do that sort of thing and if you're one of the brilliant people who love this think about subscribing it'll do you good 